Welcome to episode 43 of Expanding Beyond. How are you doing, Monica? I'm doing very well. Thank you. I have a bit of a cough, so it might happen. I hope not. But in general, I'm doing good. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, same here. It's finally warm enough to sort of plant outside. So the chili plants are were moved today mm-hmm. outdoors. And I see the first... Uh, flowers are will be opening in a few days, and yeah, let's see how many we can get this year. Okay, okay, interesting. I'm waiting for an invite, you know, <laughs> 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 to try them out. <laughs> well, once they're ready, it might take a while. Okay, hopefully they're hot enough. Yeah, I am a very patient woman when it comes to. <laughs> All right. So, what topic do you have this week? Ah, so what it has been very interesting, uh, I think, after the migration we talked about, I came, uh, I went on holiday because I needed that. <laughs> and I came back and there were a couple of changes. But in general, like, I started to look at what would be our next milestone uh for uh for my team what what is on the on on the roadmap and um we have another uh, application process for one of our two products mm-hmm. but because uh our products are built in a way that they are basically different flavors of the same code base the technical debt that we have introduced and the product debt that we have introduced in the past 10 months since i joined um we cannot wait anymore. We have to mm-hmm. do something. Yeah. So recently the uh, recovery plan has been approved for Italy. So I thought uh, that today my topic would be tech and product debt recovery plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's probably something each company go as a face. It goes <laughs> yes. through, right? What about you? What do you have? So mine... Um, is not that, although I have opinions on that topic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, have, we basically have one dedicated team now working on stuff like that. Okay. For whatever core application we still have. Uh, we can discuss where it went, uh, where it all started and how that goes. Um, but mine, uh, mine topic this time is, is a big buzzword. It's OKRs. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I think I am actually hopeful that it could actually work. <gasps> Don't say it out loud. They're <laughs> going to hear you. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not like the company went all out on OKRs. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's like, hey, here's to be defined a company OKR and then each department needs OKRs and then the teams and then everyone, okay. which I guess for a company that's never done it is a good idea. Let's start small. So it's only the uh, development teams. At this point, um, probably also what because our head of product, he's actually, oh, or at least he said he's introduced uh, OKR successfully in the past. So I guess having someone with experience is nice. Yeah. And also we have, have uh, the team of agile masters or agile coaches uh, that can support there. And I guess that's also a plus. Uh, so we basically, ha- as a team, had the task to uh, define OKRs for the team. Okay. There were some trainings, like e- uh, one member of the team sort of uh, went on a course with with an external trainer, and as did some of the uh, some of the management and stuff like that. And then we were giving some some guidelines uh, to define our OKRs. 
So that's what I was. It wasn't totally free form. I guess that was actually a good idea. Yes. Uh, it was like, hey, there's three OKRs uh, or three objectives. I think if I want to be precise, <laughs> one is some kind of strategic product oriented goal. Uh, one is what they called quick wins. So some kind of uh, fast lane to have smaller things that can also be done on the side, right? So that sort of mm -hmm. to not say, hey, small things we will never do because we have this big strategic objective and they will have to wait for the next three months or something. Okay. And then the third one was basically the free-for-all where mm. the team could basically pick something else. There was some confusion, uh, especially about this quick win one and how do you define it? There were some examples given, but if you read the documentation right, there were actually just examples yeah. <laughs> of the objective and of the key results. And then luckily each team basically went around and did it their own way. Mm -hmm. So that was good because there were some r raised eyebrows at some point of introducing OKRs and then coming up with a finished objective and key results, which is basically one of the big no-nos of the yes. process right off the bat. But that was then cleared up and said, hey, that's not necessarily what we meant. It's just please have some kind of measurement to show that smaller things that are not a strategic goal can also be worked on to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. So that then worked. And then afterwards, so there were sessions in the team with uh, someone from product or a manager and stuff. And then afterwards, we had these two afternoons of a shared kickoff with all the teams together and some external stakeholders. So, so customer support, sales, and a few other people there to sort of both walk through the OKRs and also the strategy or goals of, of each team for the next uh, three months. And... While some, I think, objectives and key results were a bit vague, and I'm not sure how some teams are going to measure their stuff. <laughs> yeah. I think the big one was actually to say to the team, hey, you have one big strategic goal you can define and want something optional. And I think that that was the big thing for me because you could clearly see, hey, there are all the other teams. This is their main focus for the next three months. And there's something else that they hopefully want to get to as well. Yes. And I think that is actually the first time that this happened here, that you can very clearly see that what the other teams are are working on. And I think that was was really cool. I'm not sure how good the measuring of, of those key results will work. I mean, but that was, I think that was the main win for me. That's a very interesting one. Because in the end, if you read all the documentation or all the anything about OKRs, it always says we do this to be aligned, right? Yes. And not because we want to measure stuff. Yeah, that's... I would have read it the other way around. Like, we want to measure our... Uh, how... You are actually right. I mean, it is true. You it's can like, also say OKRs are just KPIs, but teams get to pick them themselves so that they don't feel that bad. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, like, if you look at, at, the, at the literature, it would tell you that that's wrong. OKRs are not supposed to be KPIs. Yeah, but a key result is just a KPI that the team picked themselves, right? Yeah. All right. It's, it's a that's... way to measure progress towards that towards the objective that you want to reach. Yeah. And I think the big thing here is that the team is actually, they are the people that know the best how to actually measure it, right? Yeah. Because with this quick win and all the examples they gave, it was very clearly... 
very clear to see that this was some kind of process that might work for some teams, but definitely not for others. Yeah. And that is clearly was a very nice example of how, how uh, wrong those KPIs can go. Absolutely. Yes. There I am. I, I couldn't agree more. Frankly, I mean, at this point, everybody that knows me knows that I have beef with OKRs. Probably it's just because of bad experience. Very likely. I mean, there are definitely people that are smarter than I that have thought this through. But one thing is theory. One thing is practice. And what I saw is practice and it sucks. So <laughs> most of the times, I think that is something that is seriously missing most of the times when we look at OKRs or when, when companies try to do OKRs. It's very often it's it's top down. The alignment part Ugh, doesn't yeah. really happen. <laughs> like if you if you look at the description of the process that you should go through, it requires alignment across the different cross uh, the different functions at every single level, mm -hmm. and then it requires alignment between the top down OKRs and the bottom up OKRs. And that is just one of the aspects that usually is not really done. We do the vertical alignment, but we seldom do the actual horizontal alignment across all the functions because, because it's time consuming, because uh, there are conflicting um, uh, priorities, blah, blah, blah. So it's very often what happens is that you are given KPIs and that's what you need to achieve. And even if, you set your own goals, usually it's in the scope of those key results that are given to you. There is, in my experience, there is seldom really bottom up. I've seen it probably once or twice, but yeah. I don't know. It's like... I mean, obviously it's not, in, in our case, it wasn't like the team picked whatever they wanted. Yeah. There was some kind of, there were some, uh, on the product side, at least there were some apparently heavy discussions beforehand what they would like to achieve and if, what sort of some kind of ranking of priority of whatever product initiatives. Mm -hmm. And that was sort of what informed whatever team was basically picking. Right. Yeah. So it's not like, I think in our case, it was more about taking whatever they are already and trying to make it measurable. And it yeah. wasn't like we drastically changed direction in anything. It was, like I said, more or less for, Having to write it down, I think, was the yes. thing. <laughs> and and it goes back, like, that and is really out, important. Right? Yes, that you have to do. Yeah. And on the other hand, I think the good thing is also that you have written it down and then management had says yes to it, right? I think that's also important. Yes, that is also important. But I, so I've never, I must admit, I've never seen um, OKRs introduced successfully, really successfully, um, like the previous time. It was tried at this company right right before I left. Uh, was actually this case where management presented the key results. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's not going to work. And apparently it didn't. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. But for me personally, I have actually been successful. Because I, I don't know, it's probably something I like, right? You have uh, something you can measure and you try to get better at, at it and sort of that's just motivate, motivating to me, right? Mm. And it might not work for other people, but sort of my personal stuff, sometimes that, I mean, that has worked, but on a team level, I've never really seen it. 
I don't know. From what you tell me, it sounds this is not the first time you are going through this, uh, through the dance. No. I mean, at the previous company, we also tried. And I think I it worked sort of for a while, at least in, in the development department. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think there our main uh, problem is that some of the key results weren't really key results. There were some vague statement that we, I don't know, stuck our finger in the wind and picked a number then each time we talked about them. But it was sort of, it sort of introduced me to the concept and I, I don't know, I learned uh, sort of what not to do in a way. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, I was asking because what you said is, like you said, I never saw OKRs being introduced successfully the first time. And if you think about it, actually, you guys are doing OKRs for, it's basically an iteration. And you are bringing those learnings from the very first time and the second time. And I don't know if there was already a third time nope. into <laughs> uh, what you guys are, are doing now, right? Yes, it's, it's successful or at least it looks better now because you failed before, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure if the same people are still there. Yeah. I think I'm a bit of an outlier in the sense that I have a past at mm -hmm. that company, but <laughs> I think it's more about actually having people there that, that are, that know what they talk about. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the agile coaches there have played a big role. Yes. But yeah, I'm, I mean, now I'm already thinking about personal OKRs just for myself mm -hmm. that I don't want to share with anyone, but I think numbers help me. Yeah. It's interesting because I, I was at dinner with some friends. And uh, one of them is going for, she decided to quit and uh, go for a sabbatical of probably one year is going to be, she doesn't really know at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, and um, she has a lot of experience. She is a certified coach with one of the biggest coaching organization associations out there. Uh, she has done this job for quite some time. And what she said to us that that evening was like, I, I don't want to come back from this time and just have spent time on the beach chilling. That's mm -hmm. not what I want this time to, to have as a purpose. So she sat down and she wrote OKRs for herself. Mm -hmm. um, because she, she, uh, she told us this, it was like, okay, uh, you never, if you have some goals and you never write them down, you are going to be probably 30% successful in reaching those goals. If you write them down, you're going to be 50% successful. If you write them down and you measure them, you're going to be 80% successful in mm -hmm. achieving those goals. And she said, like, I, I'm, I want them to be varied enough so that I can um, explore different parts of myself, of what I want to become in the future. But I wanted to have them written down because I want to look back and look and see that I actually came further in my life with a sense of accomplishment. I want mm -hmm. to accomplish something with this time. And this doesn't, mind you, these are not necessarily stuff like, oh, I want to get a master's degree or, or stuff like that. It's like, I, I want to go and build at least one school for girls in an underdeveloped uh, country. Mm -hmm. um, uh, or I want to um, coach at least three people throughout the year. So all these little things, but one of the OKRs, uh, one of the key results was also, I want to, I want to, um, visit, uh, at least five countries. So it's like, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. it was really interesting to see how she applied that, uh, discipline to, um, 
her personal life without necessarily a, a purely money optimized productivity. Let's put it this way. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is always, I mean, that that's the way these things work, right? So people really need to want it, right? Even if you have something that is measurable, it doesn't help you much if people don't yeah. actually know what they are aiming for and what they and and are actually trying to to do a good job, right? Mm-hmm. I I don't remember the person's name. Uh, Goodhart's law, I think it's it's what it's called, right? And anything that's being measured stops being useful or something like that. I forget the exact hmm. wording. Yeah, that that's. That's sort of the danger of these things, right? Yes. The thing is that also occurs a little bit personally that rubbed me the wrong way because I'm also thinking, or at least what, what I usually feel is that if I have certain goals in mind, but I also get a little bit lost along the way, that's still fine. I'm still heading in the right direction. It's it's just that I don't want the... The goal, the the end of the trip to be the only thing I'm going to pay attention to. And it can be a slippery slope. Uh, I mean, I still haven't learned to play tunes on my guitar. Mm-hmm. But for example, I spent, I don't know, a month looking at uh, videos uh, on YouTube trying to understand musical theory or what makes a good song a good song. Yay, Adam Neely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is that ever going to be useful to me in my life? I don't know, but it was a pleasant month. <laughs> yeah. And I learned something. So Yeah, I think it's right. You have to be careful and always keep in mind that whatever key results you have, they are sort of just a stand-in because you normally can't measure the real thing, right? Yeah. It's just, hey, this tells us we're heading in the right direction. And maybe it actually doesn't, and you have to be prepared for that, I guess, and then adjust if necessary. Yes. And that is, I guess, in a corporate environment, sometimes easy to to forget or sort of to get lost and say, hey, but we can't just abandon it now and stuff like that. So I don't know. At least in our case, it was very clearly stated uh, by management that this is these OKRs in, are in no way tied to performance reviews or anything. They're just there for the teams to sort of help them achieve their goals. And that's the purpose. And it's not going to affect anyone Mm -hmm. uh, in that sense. Because I guess that's one of the big places where then people will start to uh, make the numbers look good, I guess. Yeah, the numbers are always something that worries me. I mean, you, you really have to have a very good portfolio of those metrics. That to some extent, they uh, have to be balancing each other out. Because if you really optimize for one or very few, you can also end up, we have talked about this, right? You can also end up hindering your effectiveness in other other areas. Mm. Yeah, I guess it depends on how serious you take them anyway, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. There's also that. There's also that. But in the end, it doesn't really matter how you track that that progress uh you need if you want to reach a certain uh, certain goals you you have to have some sort of accountability you have to have some sort of way to track your progress towards it and it can be different things 
for example, it could be a test. That's what school is about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't don't track your progress through the page, the number of pages you have studied, or the number of exercises of equations you have solved. You just get a test every now and then, and if you pass, you pass, right? But you have to have a way to me- measure your progress towards uh, that uh, that specific goal. Yeah, and I think it's also very easy to just be in the weeds and do stuff and. Um, think you've not done anything and then if you were really to look up at some point you would realize how much actually changed and has happened already because it's very easy to forget and not see the big picture and this is why i always suggest the engineers that work with me to keep a record of what they what they have done it doesn't have to be like you know like really thorough but just note down what what you have done in that when you have achieved something or when you had a particular good conversation, when, when you got, I think it's also valuable to write down the moments in which instead you, you failed or you learned something because that is extremely helpful. There is this recency bias in, in, uh, in humans because our short-term memory is much more sharper than, than the long-term one. Right. Mm -hmm. And as you said, having this kind of record allows you not to forget how far you actually have come. I am someone that preaches very well, but also sucks at um, doing that. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's always easier to tell others what to do, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, you should really do this. (laughs) Uh, It's not exactly true, um, but I use this, I I think I also spoke about it, this uh, jar of awesome. Uh, It's a, a... for me, it's a um, it's a folder on my on my iCloud where I put screenshots of um, people giving me good feedback or uh, mm-hmm. you know praising re- recognizing my my job or you know something something nice. For example, a friend tells me that they uh, wish they had met me earlier. Uh, something like this, right? And and uh, those become those little thoughts that uh, that help me remembering how far I have actually become and all the things that I have uh, achieved. So in a way, I am doing that, but not exactly as good as I should. Actually, I should do that better. Yeah, key result: collect at least five <laughs> yes. screenshots every week. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> By next episode, I'm going to have uh, one uh, one document for I start writing down what I've done. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think to wrap this up, I think now we just have to wait and see mm-hmm. what happens. I mean, this is like the plan is to do this every 90 days, basically this pick OKRs, pick topics and get a small roadmap on the way. Mm-hmm. I think that's already a good idea, but better than, I don't know, let's plan the year to see what we decide to do uh, like it was yes. before. So yeah, I guess I will report back eventually. All right. Now over to the fun topic of. Oh, Lord. Know, yes. The, cleaning the up recovery your mess. plan. Yes. I'm going to try to to keep it short because I see we're already 30 minutes in and I don't want this to be like, you know, like two hours long. So what, what did we do before going into the holiday, the holidays, actually, like I already had a few conversations with my, with my team. 
when I was asking the engineers, like, guys, I do understand that that we have technical debt that we want to recover from, but I cannot just show up at a meeting and say, hey, we have technical debt. That That is not going to help me out. It's not going to help me lobbying for, you know, like, why does this yeah. have precedence over other other things? Right? Like, where, where's the value? And if I would be in a different company, one that I would know the system better, uh, or one where I would have spent the last 10 months also uh, getting my hands dirty with um, the coding part, I mm-hmm. could have, to some extent, done that advocating uh, without necessarily their help. But given the situation we are in, uh, given how short I've been in the company, etc., I had some ideas, but I couldn't really articulate them properly. So what I thought, it was like, okay, we, we really need to spend some time talking about this. And because I really believe that in the end, all of this is product. On purpose, I uh, started the conversation with, I think it was one hour, we started with a one hour of workshop in which suggestion from a fellow manager uh, that has much more experience than I have. Like, just put your team in a room, all the team, also UX designer, PM, whomever, mm-hmm. and ask them to think without any constraint, scope, time, money, even ownership of the of the code base about all the things that you want them to um uh to collect you can apply this this principle let's say to everything that you want to do imagine you have a project you have you know that you want to go somewhere you can apply the same principles like how do you think we're going to get there again don't constrain yourself with specific fears let's say let's mm-hmm. just blurb it all out and then what you're going to do is you're you are going to ask the team to go through all those items, explain them, and prioritize them against each other. By doing this, everybody is going to start having the same mental model mm-hmm. of all those items. And it will trigger the thought of, is this something that this team has to do? So is this really something we need to take care of? And at the second time, it's like, is this more important than this other thing that I have on my plate? that I just described as, yes, it's also very important. And if you go through this exercise multiple times, you're going to be able to come up with, in the end, an exact, let's call it a roadmap, a roadmap of items that the team has chosen to work on. Mm -hmm. They have established the priorities. They have established the dependencies. So it's not, you are giving the direction because, I mean, that's why you set the team mission. That's why you, you know, like you have a specific project or whatnot. But it's the team deciding how to get there, and they have made the trade-off themselves. So I started with this very first collection. What was worrying me at that point in time was that in that conversation, not many of the items that we had collected were really actually about our problems. Mm-hmm. Some of them were our problems were due to some of them, but they were too big for us alone as one single team to tackle. They would touch multiple uh, multiple ones. 
multiple teams, uh, and they would take a very long time to get to. Others were mm, good ideas, but not necessarily super high priority. And there was still that the majority of that technical debt, I think, was still missing. So I came back from the holidays and I was like, okay, let's do it again. And this time around, I gave the clear mandate. It's like, okay, I want you to scope it down and really think we're still going to keep that collection that we did. But I also want to think you to think really about the project we're going to take care of. This is the timeline that we were given. So we know these are the milestones we need to hit. What do we need to happen for us to hit those milestones with an LTR product? And we went through the exercise again. In the meantime, we had a similar session for, I think it was unrelated, frankly, uh, with the bigger round of engineering managers. Mm -hmm. So some of the big items that we had, I was able to show the team that we considered them in the whole engineering roadmap. Some of them made the cut, I think. Well, we still have to discuss about the last well, prioritization, but some of them made the cut to the engineering roadmap. Some didn't, but we have as management of engineering, we had thought about them. We just thought that there were more important things. And those items I excluded from the final list of technical and product debt items that we we had to prioritize. And this was the second workshop. It was also, I think, one or two hours, not, not, not more. I think it was one hour we did it synchronously. And then I told the rest of the team, like, okay, you guys go and just write down whatever comes to mind. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be sitting in one room all together to make the same decisions, right? To do the same thing. Oh, that's what I meant. After this round, I was left with this huge pile of stuff, right? And I was thinking, I was like, okay, how can I make a roadmap out of this? Um, it's like, there's so many things and I don't know all the details about them either. I don't need, I don't know exactly what would be, you know, like big chunks of work and so on. And then because unfortunately, uh, we are uh, still without a product manager, I realized that I couldn't do it alone and I could get the team again into one room and do the exercise of prioritizing things together. But I also wanted to try a slightly different approach and do it more async and um, delegating uh, the responsibility of going through that exercise to people that are definitely more competent than me at this point. So two of the most senior engineers, one on the back end and one on the, on the client side, got together and they did a series also of interviews with their peers on the same platform. They got together, they tried to slice and dice things, and not only they prioritized the items, but they also came up with the actual roadmap. Mm -hmm. uh, because, again, that was also something that throughout the week I told them, you know the dependencies better than I can. So I am totally happy to participate to those conversations, but I don't think I can provide I can provide at this stage that much value. So they did it all alone. And on Thursday evening, they had a proposal that was great. They explained it thoroughly. Like you could really tell that they have thought about all the 
all the dependencies, the the consequences also, even in the items, how they prioritized those uh, those mm-hmm. uh, items, there were things that were necessary, but we couldn't do, or they weren't matching the goals that we have as a team until uh, a certain date. So naturally they discovered, I mean, I know that I'm describing something that, you know, it's like people are like, duh, that's what you're supposed to be doing. But it goes back to what you were saying about the OKRs. It's not that often that you see things done well. Therefore, it's like, <laughs> oh my God, this is amazing, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So we now have a roadmap that is, I think, the right granularity for establishing the big chunks of work that the team has to do that expresses the dependencies and that I can use to build a, or to translate into a business-facing roadmap that doesn't go into as much detail as what they have created. But, you know, like it gives me the tools to argue for, and this is why this is important. And this is what is going to happen. At the same time, it's not granular enough to be prescriptive about exactly what needs to be done, because otherwise that would have be that would have been a big design up front in the end. It would be waterfall, right? Like you yeah. have all the steps for each one of those items for the next three months, clearly stated, and we all know that that doesn't work. So I think both of them really nailed it. And out of this, it was even, even more heartwarming to see how the team as a whole reacted to the whole exercise. Yes, there are people that are more quiet than others. There are people that are less vocal, but the whole team was engaged. And you could tell because everybody knew about every single step. Uh, Everybody contributed in their own way and how much they felt. But it felt like a plan that everybody could stand behind. And the proof to me is that on Friday, after I said, yeah, okay, maybe we can adjust here and there. There's a couple of things that we still need to consider. But the plan that these two uh, engineers have presented to the rest of the team to ask for, are you in or out, was very similar to what they presented to me. And the team didn't had any actual argument or remark about what was already stated. It sounded like a good plan. It sounded something that was feasible. They even planned for buffer because we know that we will have bugs. We know that we will have emergencies. We know that there are things that might not happen. So they really tried to, they really did a good job at scoping with time and an effort. And um, I'm very proud. Mm, You can hear that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's sort of when the people that actually need to do it and know how to do it are in charge of actually planning it out. Yes. Then that's sort of the best. Uh, you get the best results. I mean, as that. always, there's a little voice in my head. I was like, why haven't you been able to do it? But that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, but then you... I mean, the other downside there is just psychological, right? Because then yeah. someone else comes and tells you what you need to do. And that on its own is already a big exactly down, downer for for a lot of people. Yeah. And that's just psychologically, if you're not involved, then it's not your thing and you're not that behind it. Yeah. It's just, that's the way it is. Yes. 
plus normally you as a one person can can never do as no. good as a job as no multiple people absolutely um that reinforces that um that belief in me like collective intelligence especially that of a engaged and uh highly collaborative team is so much better than anything you could have come up with so yeah. so yeah. The, the thing that's that so the question that i now have is how how detailed have you been there did you say hey this is going to take us four months or something mm -hmm. or how did you do that or did you even because that's sort of always the danger that mm -hmm. you bring something like that and then someone says hey here's the deadline <laughs> well so i gave the team three deadlines one of them is something that yes we can still move a little bit the others we can move it's not ideal to move them so i told them like okay by this date we will have a pen test executed so we have to make sure that that version is going to be the version that we give to the pen testers is going to be the one that they can use and is stable enough to only receive minor patches and that is going to happen in mid of june mm -hmm. so there's that. We will have the earliest date by which we can, by which we believe we're going to be handing this new application out is going to be mid of June, uh, mid of July. So this is it. Uh, this is the framework. And what they did was, again, this is a high level. So it's, it's a draft and it's uh, as imprecise as it can be, as an estimation can be. They broke those items down in uh, so first they estimated in terms of size with t-shirt sizes so mm -hmm. s l xxl there was one such item yeah yeah i know <laughs> but i mean we need we have been developing an onboarding flow and registration and onboarding flow for a specific use case for almost one year now <laughs> and there is no, literally no test coverage of that thing. And that thing, as you can imagine, is sometimes ends up being not considering all the uh, uh, all the use cases. Or like we would have caught, for example, that we don't have a path for using vouchers anymore. And as silly as it sounds, we do use vouchers for everything for testing for giving out demos for mm. even for for the authorities to check the app it's like <laughs> that's what they <laughs> use so if you cannot use vouchers eh, it might be a problem yeah. study users we have medical studies running that's how we give access to users we give them vouchers and right now if you go to our registration flow there's no way to enter a voucher like that's a problem um mm. So having a suite of tests covering that part, I think we might have thought it through a little bit more. But covering such a complex space will require weeks of work. Also because not only you have to write the tests, you have to make them pass. So you will find things that you will need to fix in the meantime, right? Yeah, and you need to know what... The actual behavior is supposed yeah, to be, right? Exactly. <laughs> is it a bug so, or is it a feature? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think we what what they did, if I haven't talked to them, but 
from what I saw uh, in the in the final uh, roadmap. I think they have considered, for example, an S as a week of work, and and XXL would be something like a month and a half mm-hmm. roundabout. So the increments that they have put on the roadmap are week by week, uh, and there there might be. So you have to imagine this roadmap has on the X axis the time, so the weeks, and on the Y axis the platform. So you have backend, you have uh, web, you have iOS, you have UX, and what I love there's even an ops part, mm-hmm. and this is the part where they need answer from me or the UX designer. So there's even work planned for, hey, you go, you have to go and figure out what we need to do for this. <laughs> that in a way, it's kind of, again, it's one of those things that is kind of obvious, but I love the fact that they put it there. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, that was the uh, weekly increment. Increments. That's the, uh, the short answer. <laughs> yeah. And I guess then the big thing is to not forget to always keep it up to date and see if you're yes. actually sticking, if it's actually correct or if you're behind or uh, faster than expected. So that's the other interesting part. I don't want to take in any more of, uh, it's like we are at 50 minutes. So I think we, we need to cut it here. But next time I'm going to also share a little bit more around this. All the other activities that I'm I decided to implement so that I hope my strategy is going to work out. So the missing part here is that there are other two people that I've asked to take over the um, process, the internal team process part. Mm -hmm. So they are going to take care of making sure that we have the right ceremonies, the right rhythm, the right artifacts also. Like one of them is now working on a definition of done for example. And with having technical and product strategy on one side, product roadmap on one side, and having these changes in our processes that will, I hope, and I think, I believe it's going to happen, that will keep us accountable also, we're going to be able to uh, to achieve that, that you just described. Like we need to make sure that we are still following the path if it's worth it. If it's not, we need to change the plan, but we need to track that progress. Otherwise, it's going to be impossible to understand if we're actually going to make it. I mean, we are sort of in in a similar spot where basically we have this project we are probably not going to finish in in the coming three months. Mm -hmm. But we still want to give a better estimate than saying, hey, we are probably finishing this at some point in the next six months. Because obviously... People would like to know <laughs> or get a better estimate on how long it's going to take. So our approach is a bit different where we have it probably good enough of what that what we want to do that we are not go- now going to say um, in this next few months, we are actually going to write all the stories and estimate them all mm. and then go from there and say, hey, this number of stories is already done. You can see when we're finished yes. with the obvious danger. Like it happened last time that if you, if you work on a story that you estimated three months ago, then it's probably wildly off. <laughs> yes. Both in scope of the work and probably even in what actually needs to be done. 
Yeah. That's what we noticed last time. We 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 sort of wrote those stories and then um didn't go back anymore before we then um yeah. put them into the sprints. And when we realized that was a bad idea because by now by by then sort of the system underneath had already changed and it's probably this is why I understood when uh, one of the team members was asking during the the team approval of this roadmap. It's like, yeah, I'm a bit concerned because, you know, those items are very vague. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. And that is true. But yes, you need yeah. to refine and adjust the plan over time. Maybe it's not bad that they're vague because that actually represents uh, the truth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's it's way, ignorance. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so now we just have to move those into a different space and uh, make sure that by the time we grab them, we have a good understanding of what we need to do. And that is going to be the challenge, I think, because uh, yes, even even with, uh, with a good plan, the execution is still a complicated part. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess we'll have to circle back there as well yes <laughs> in a while i mean uh to everyone out there uh welcome to the life of a manager where your feedback cycle is like <laughs> weeks long <laughs> so now you feel my at pain at least yeah at least <laughs> yes at the very least all right uh i think we are just we will just make it under an hour so let's, yes. <laughs> let's, let's get going. Where can people find you on uh, the internet? Ah, yes. So people can find me still on Twitter at uh, KFMolly with an I. But I have recently, um, in light of uh, the latest uh, economic news uh, around Twitter, uh, <laughs> I have revamped my Mastodon account. So you can find me as uh, Nirnaeth on uh, mastodon.social. You can find me on my website, monikag.me. There you can find references, email, and whatnot. Uh, Otherwise, at uh, hosts at expandingbeyond.it, where people can find you. All right, so people can find me on this podcast mainly, and (laughs) I also pretend to be on Twitter as UJH sometimes, uh, not that often. Uh, so I haven't bothered <laughs> trying to find an alternative or uh, escape route. I don't know how you want to call it. Yeah, and that's it. And maybe uh, on some other places in the future, but that's not not ready to be talked about yet. Not today. Not today. Yes, kitten. I'm going to feed you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Someone joined over the microso- microphone. So if you hear purring, it's her trying to get my attention. All right. <laughs> so uh, I see you are busy, Monica, so I won't yeah. <laughs> keep you any longer. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, people.